um, for our future. Uh, and I don't just mean for the church, I mean for us as individuals and as families because the strength of us as individual Christians and as individual families determines the strength of our church. Can you say amen? amen. And when that's solid, all I can say is it has an impact on our community. So I'm going to talk to you today about uh, having uh, some life hacks. You know what a life hack is? Has anybody ever heard of a life hack? If you've heard of a life hack, give me an amen. amen. All right, good. We're going to talk about some of those. I want to give you the scripture that we're going to use for today's uh, message, and it's from Job 9.25. It says, My life passes more swiftly than a runner. It flees away without a glimpse of happiness. And I think all too often people go through life and they just don't find the happiness that they're looking for. Now, the Bible doesn't speak a lot to um, our happiness, but it does speak a lot to our joy and our fulfillment in life. Amen? And I would say that joy and fulfillment definitely lead to happiness. We're a lot happier when we're in the center of God's will, doing what God's called us to do, rather than doing the things that maybe we think will make us happy, and they only lead to, uh, if you will, disappointment. I'm going to read to you the importance, if you will, out of today's uh, sermon title under Life Hack is Streamline Your Path. Streamline your path. It's so important for us to streamline our path. And to have life hacks is simply to find those shortcuts, those easier routes. When I say easier, I don't mean easier as in uh, I'm going to take the shortcut and the easy route and it actually steers me away from what God has for me, but rather taking what God has for me streamlining my life around that and what it will do is it will lead me to the best life I can possibly have. So streamlining our path, finding the life hacks that God's scripture offers us rather than going our own way. Why is our direction, why is, why is our path so important? You know, every step that we take, every move that we make, why is that so important? Because over the long haul, it can have great effect on where we actually arrive. The small decisions we make each and every day may not seem like they're that big, but over time they will reveal whether we are uh, actually coming uh, to the destination that God intended us to be or we're way off that destination. Can you say amen? Amen. So it's important to streamline. It's important to figure that out and know that we are on the path that God's called us to be on because if we're not, then it may lead to destruction in our life. Amen? I have a story to share with you. This was a story that was written by George O. Wood in uh, October 31st, 1983. He, he cites uh, that date as being the day that a Korean airline, Flight 007, departed from Anchorage, Alaska for a direct flight to Seoul, Korea. Unknown to its crew, however, a com- the computer engaging the flight's navigation system contained a one-and-a-half-degree routing error. At the point of departure, the mistake was unnoticeable. 100 miles out, the deviation was still so small as it was undetectable. But as the giant 747 continued out over the Pacific, the plane strayed increasingly from its proper course. Eventually, it was flying over Soviet airspace. Soviet radar picked up the aircraft and scrambled fighter jets to intercept. Over mainland Russia, The jet shot down Flight 007, killing everyone on board. The moral of the story, choose your direction well. Although poor and inaccurate uh, choices may hurt you, um, 
uh, poor and inaccurate choices may hurt you in only minor ways for a while. The longer you go, the more harm they'll bring in your life. Can you say amen? I mean, you know that it was important for them to have a streamline to their destination and not be off course by that, just that little degree that they're off course eventually leaded them to where they uh, should not have been. And it brought that destruction. Proverbs 4.25 says this, Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. It's so, so important for us to have that streamline. And how, how is it that we can make those course corrections when we need to make them? As I believe that the Bible gives us some life hacks. I think that the Bible, when we're going along, what happens is, is we're doing what we think is right. But the Bible, all of a sudden we're reading the Bible and it's like, wow, that's not as right as I thought it was. And what does it do? It causes us to make that small correction that keeps us on course. It causes us to streamline our path to end up where God intends us to be. Amen. So I want to give you the definition of a life hack. Life hack, a strategy or technique adopted in order to manage one's time and daily activities in a more efficient way. How many of you are looking for that most of the time in your life? How many are you looking for that when you're raising your kids? Amen. Right? How many are you looking for that if you got three kids and you, they're all in sports and you got to get them to three different lo- locations? How many are looking for a life hack? You know what I'm saying? It's like, how in the world is this possible? And oftentimes that leads to talking to grandma and grandpa or a close friend. Like, could you drop them off for me? I'll drop this one off and then I'll pick that one up and then swing back. Right? You're looking for those ways that you can streamline your life and make it simpler. The idea of a life hack, finding what is essential to make a better life that leads to success and fulfillment, if you will. So, a better life, what does that look like? It is better to have less of what does not matter, less of what doesn't matter, and more of what does. It's better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. Where's my water? Somebody walked off with my water, would you? I know I brought it up here with me. <clears throat> hmm. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 4.6 says, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. I can say in my own life, that there's that aspect of, you know, when you're trying to accomplish things and you're doing more and you're doing more and you're doing more, that oftentimes it's that coming back and assessing what's going on and finding what matters most and doing that. It's more important to do what matters most than it is to just do things. Amen? Amen. The second is it is better to live by design than by default. Better to live by design than default. Psalms 139 and 16 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. There wasn't a moment in my life that had passed that God didn't know was coming. God saw all of it before. Now, uh, God doesn't necessarily intervene and say, Hey, Derek, I'm going to remove every obstacle. I'm going to I'm going to make every decision for you. What I'm going to do is be here for you to seek so that you've got my guidance to make those decisions. And in the midst of making those, part of what will bring me to maturity is that I'm going to make mistakes. We've raised three kids, and we've had the opportunity to watch all of them make mistakes. We've given them counsel on what they should do. 
Sometimes I found that my counsel did not work for that. It might have been something that worked for me, but it didn't work so much for my kids. Ultimately, what my, my job and Angie's job was to do is to help them know how to go to God who can the one who knew them before they were formed in their mother's womb knew exactly what their life was going to look like. If I can teach them to get to him, then he will guide them in their life. And, and whether they make uh, sometimes good decisions and sometimes bad, the thing is, is God will work all things together for good. Because they're called, I know they're called according to his purposes, but ultimately, did I help them understand what it was to love God and realize what it is to be a called according to his purposes? And if I can teach them that, then what happens is, is they'll be able to make those decisions along the way. Even if they mess up, they can find him again and get back on course. They can streamline their life by finding the life hack that God has to offer them by his word and by his spirit in their life. Amen. Look, better by design than by default is this. Um, have, you, have you ever, let's say it this way, you ever made an investment? If you've made an investment, give me an amen. amen. If you ever made a bad investment, give me an amen. amen. If you made some good investments, give me an amen. amen. You've ever made the bad investment, and as you made that bad investment, all of a sudden what happens is you're like, you lose something? See, it, watch how our time, our talent, and our treasure work is that we put our time into something, we use our talent, either we've researched or we, we've learned something and we put that to work, our talent, if you will, and we put that to work, we make an investment of our time and often, most of the time, our treasure is involved in our time. Somehow, we're making an investment in something. But all of a sudden, it doesn't work out the way you thought it was going to work out. And what are you weighing? You're weighing like, oh man, I've already got this much in it, I, you know, I just, and you go a little further. Man, I've got way more in it now, so I, right? Better by design than by default. And oftentimes what happens is, is we keep doing the same things over and over, expecting a different answer. Can anybody tell me what that's the definition of? Insanity. We do that because we're doing it by default rather than by design. And ultimately, to do things by design in life is to go back to the one who designed us. Can you say amen? amen. And so... Better to live by design than by default. The life hack is get to the one who designed you so that you can do what he designed you to do rather than just giving in to the default. Uh, third, it is better uh, to get the right things done, not more things done. Better to get the right things done, not more things done. Listen to this out of Proverbs 17, 24. An intelligent person aims at wise action, but a fool starts off in many directions. Now, another translation says he starts off, uh, a fool goes in many directions and comes to nothing. And we can be doing a lot of things, but we got to find the right things to do. And when we find the right things to do, uh, the return on the investment of doing the right things is going to be a lot better for our life than it is to just be doing a lot of things. Now, I look busy, but am I doing something that actually produces you know, I can do a lot of things, but am I doing things that produce for my life, that, that are effective for my life? What's a life hack? It's something that is effective in our life. We need to do the things that are most effective in our life rather than ju just doing a bunch of things. Amen? As a church, um, I would define that as loving God, loving others, and making disciples. You know, as a church, are we loving God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength? Am I fully engaged uh, body, soul, my mind, my will, my emotions? Am I fully engaged 
in my physical sense? Am I fully engaged in my soul? And am I fully engaged with God in my spirit? If I'm doing that and I'm loving him that way, then what happens is, is I'm getting what needs to be done, not just a lot of things. Am I, am I loving people the way that I love God? And if I'm loving people that way, then ultimately does it lead to me teaching them how to do life? Am I making a disciple, someone who knows how to love God and knows how to love others? That's what's most important where it comes to our Christianity. Where it comes to being a church, that's what's important. And when we find those things, that leads us to a place where, in the streamline, if you will, we can run our race. I mean, you'd rather run your race in a straight line than you would in, you know, in a all-over-the-place fashion. You know, The Bible says, look not to the left nor to the right, but keep your, your eyes, what, fixed upon him, to keep your eyes straight, to keep them set upon Jesus Christ, that when we run that kind of race where our eyes are set upon Jesus Christ, you know, when my eyes are fixed on Jesus, it's not hard to do what I was designed to do. A whole lot easier for me to do what I was designed to do rather than giving in to default when my eyes are fixed on Jesus. That's so important. If we're going to finish the race, the Bible says this, that we keep our eyes fixed on him because he is the author, the beginning, and the finisher, the end of our faith. When I keep my eyes set on him, I end up where I, look, I'm where I need to be and I end up where he's called me to finish. Amen. Listen to this. Here's what we've got to do then. Hebrews 12.1 says, Let us throw off every, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race that is marked out for us. My question is, have you streamlined? Do you know the race that God has marked out for you? Yes, it's to honor Jesus, but specifically, how does that apply to your life? How does that apply to your time, your talent, and your treasure in life? How are you living that out? with regard to running your race. You gotta do three things if you're gonna do that effectively. One, regularly, say regularly. regularly. Take inventory. Psalms 39, four through five. Remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that days are, my days are numbered and that my life is fleeing away. My life is no longer than the width of my hand. An entire lifetime is just a moment to you. Human existence is but a breath. Another translation calls it a vapor. It's here and it's gone. Now our life to us seems somewhat long. But the older you get, the shorter you feel it is. Come on, somebody that's kicking up in there. And the... See, I probably have less life ahead of me than I have already lived. You get what I'm saying? When you start to pass in it, unless, unless I live to be 100, I'm clicking up on that. In September, I'll be 48 I'm clicking up on 50 real quick. I'm catching up with Angie as we speak right now. <laughs> I love you, baby. It's all right. Everybody thinks she's younger than me when, uh, when we're... Oh, I shouldn't have said that. We're off the rails. We aren't streamlining here. We're not being effective. It's, that was a bad life hack. <laughs> no, the point is, is that I, ha I probably have less of my life to live than I've already lived. When you get to that place, and this is the thing, if you're young in here today, let me say, you approach the world and you, you feel more invincible than you do the longer you live. The longer you live, you start to, to question whether you've lived, have I lived life the best that I could? Is there something I could do better in this part of my life than I've done in the first part of my life? And what I want to encourage you with, 
young people, is that's a great life hack for you today. Listen to people who are older than you. and encourage you that, that, that right now, every decision you make is leading you to a final destination. What will that look like? I don't want to end my life with regrets. I don't want to end my life with rejoicing. I want to end my life with such rejoicing that looks back and did I share the love of Christ? You know, did I love my family? Was I an example for others? When people were going through a hard time, did they see me as someone they could come to and say, hey, would you help me out with a life hack here? Can you help me do this better than I'm doing it right now? That's what I hope that I live more in this part of my life than I ever have before. And you know what? Ten years from now, I'm probably going to have a perspective that I want to live it more now than, than I've ever lived it. I hope that when I finish my race, when I've run my course, that I, like Paul the Apostle, can say, I've finished my race, you know? That I, I've run as one who, who ran for the prize at the end. Can you say amen? So regularly take inventory. Inventory is important for you to assess what you can do differently to stay on uh, that path, if you will, that is more effective. Number two, under running a race, make the tough decisions. Make tough decisions. Psalms 90 and 12, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. And let me give you there, make the tough decisions. Again, talking about the investment. That when we, when we uh, start off or we do certain things um, that, that we feel like, man, I could probably do that better, but, you know, do I want to, do I want to make the effort? Oftentimes, making the, the tough decisions involves a couple of things. Again, we tend to weigh our losses and, well, you know, if I go a little bit longer, I put a little more in or I do this, then maybe that'll turn out and I won't have lost, I wouldn't have lost anything. What causes us to do that? Can anybody tell me? Fear. Right? Fear of what? Fear of loss. If I make this tough decision, I, I, I may have to take a loss to actually move in a direction that's going to bring a gain. Come on now. And, and I'm telling you right now that God wants us to be the kind of people that will make the tough decisions in our life. Let me, let me give you an example for a person that, 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 that may struggle with giving their life to Christ, for instance. It's like, well, I've heard that you shouldn't smoke and you shouldn't drink and you shouldn't cuss and you shouldn't all. Man, but if I go to Jesus, i got to give up all this stuff. i got to give up these things. And so i got to take this loss to find Christ. Remember what Paul the Apostle said. He said, I count all things as done. In other words, I'm willing to lose all these things that I might gain Christ. But not everybody's willing to lose so that they might gain what's most important. Can you say amen? Amen. You want to think about the streamlining in your life. It's getting as close to Jesus as you possibly can. Why? Because if you're close to him, your path is, is pretty clear. I don't mean it won't have obstacles, but you always have Jesus to help you get over the obstacles. Is that making sense to you? He has the power to, uh, to uh, empower you to overcome, if you will. He's the one that has the power to give you that ability to overcome anything that comes your way. And to me, whether there's an obstacle in front of me or not, the thing is making that tough decision that, you know what, it, this might look like what I need to do, but I'm going to follow you. I'm going to stay close to Jesus so that there's nothing that can come my way that I can't overcome. Because when I, when I start to think something's impossible, I'm immediately gripped with the reality that with God, all things are possible. How? Through who? Christ Jesus. My Lord. 
that when I know I have him next to me, nothing is too hard for him in my life. Amen? Make those tough decisions. Psalms 90 and 12 again. Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Third thing, focus, focus on what matters most. Focus on what matters most. Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, I can't even tell you how many times I've read that scripture over my Christian life. Being a pastor, how many times I've used it in a sermon. But when I think about seeking first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and the rest will be added to me, I'm telling you that the battle for me has always been the rest. I want, I want to pursue this. I want to achieve this. I, I want success in this area of my life. I want my kids to follow God. You know, I want my life to be blessed. I, I want my, my, my wife to be healthy. And I want all these things that are there, and they're constantly in front of us, and we're always facing them. And the reality is, is that we get those first when they ought to be last. They come after when we put Jesus first, when we put the kingdom first, what happens is those things come, his blessings on those things come after. But when we put those first in God, when I figure this out, I might have some time left over. When I figure this out, all those things that you define is putting the kingdom first in my life. Me bringing to you the first fruits of my life, the first fruits of my talents, my time, my talent, and my treasure. Well, when I'm done, then I'll bring you what I have left over. Do you understand that it all translates to this, that God, I'm going to put you last and I'm going to put all this other stuff going on in my life first that I want to see happen. I'm going to put it first and put you last. But this scripture is telling us that when we put God first and those things last, what happens is God's putting them first in his mind concerning you because it says they shall be added to you. It's going to be added to you and only by faith, only by confidence in God Can we trust to put him first and let those things come last for us so that God puts them first where he's concerned? How do I know that? That while we were yet still sinners, the Bible says this, while we were yet still sinners, God gave his only begotten son to die for us. What was he doing when he did that? He's putting us first and him last. God was righteous. Jesus you know, all the righteousness of the Godhead, the Bible says this, all the righteousness of the Godhead dwelt in Jesus bodily. And it was because that dwelt in him bodily, because he was perfect and knew no sin, that he could take the burden of sin upon himself so that he might redeem us, he might buy us back, he might free us from the power of sin. What is he doing there? He's, he's giving first and bestowing upon us, come on now, first and then asking us to come after him and follow him and put him first because he puts us first can you see that sometimes like well I put God first and he puts me second no I put God first because when I put God first he puts me first and the reality is is God put me first so that I had an opportunity to even consider putting him first you with me was that was that too big of a trip around the you get it though right it's it's first There's no seconds when it comes to God. It's always first. God puts first so that we can put first. And the only reason we can put him first is because he put us first. Amen? That's the power of his grace. Uh, So uh, number four, 
Pray and ask God to guide your path. You want to streamline? You want, you want the life hack, if you will, the real key to the life hack of streamlining your life is this. Pray and ask God to guide your path. Pray and ask God to guide your path. You can't achieve it by yourself. You need him in your life. As Psalms 37, 4 through 5 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. And he will do this. And then I can accomplish that. No, and then he will work on my behalf. And I, I will watch things become, when I say easier, life's not easy. But when God's at your side, when God's working for you, there's nothing that you're going to look at that's like, that's too hard to overcome. That's too hard to get through. No, God empowers you to come through all of that. Amen. And then uh, Proverbs 3 and 6, it says, in all your ways, in some ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Now, you get that. You take delight in the Lord. Here's that love for God. I mean, it's chief among all things, if you will, to love him and commit your way. And then we're looking at it here and it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. In In some of your ways. Nope. In all of your ways. So, If I'm going through a tough time or I'm going through a good time, in all the ways you're going through, acknowledge God. Recognize him in your life. Keep him first, and he shall direct your paths. Now, we know that Jesus says that he is sheep. It's like, yeah, but I pray to God and I don't hear him. I want to tell you that that, that's something that, that, that folks, sometimes it's like, I pray, but I don't hear him. Maybe you're not hearing him the way you want to, right? Are you in the Bible? Because I'll tell you, if you're reading the scriptures, you're hearing God. Did you know that? Now, I get there's the, the rhema word of God when the Spirit speaks. But just so you know, that the scriptures are all God-breathed. And when you're reading the scripture, what happens is, is you're hearing God talk. You're hearing God communicate to you. And the Bible says that my sheep know my voice. That when you read the scriptures and you see, uh, here you are, you're on that course. You're like, you know, if I actually follow what God's word is saying here... Um, that would streamline my path. How important is it to let the word of God speak to us that way? For instance, um, forgive and you shall be forgiven. Is anybody holding unforgiveness towards someone in here today? Right? Forgive and you shall be forgiven. To me, another way to say that is if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And Jesus did say it that way, by the way. So, so, so what about um, if we were to take that and we say, give and it shall be given. Well, but I don't want to give. And then what would the opposite of that be? It'd be like, well, if you don't give, it's very hard to receive if you're not a giver. Can you say amen? And Jesus comes on the scene and what he does, he starts flipping things on their head. It's like put God first and watch God put you first. Amen? So pray, seek God, all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. Talk about a life hack. If you want to streamline your path, It's simply this. Prayer is coming to God and asking for help. How powerful is it to come to the Lord and be able to say, God, would you help me? God, would you help me when you ask God, would you help me? What is is the path in my career? What is the path in my ministry? What is the path for my family? What is the path for my marriage? What is the path for my education? What is the path for my finances? What is the path for my leadership? What's the path for my company? What's the path for my children? What's the path... What's the path? What's the path? God, show me this for my life. What's the path to my healing? What's the path to my deliverance? What's the path? I could go on and on. Are you all getting it here today? 
I don't know what yours is. I don't know what the situation is for you that you need to know God's path for your life, but I do know this. God is the source. He's the design. He's the one that can help you know that. Can you say amen? So don't struggle with life because you're not willing to walk the path that God has for you. Don't struggle. Streamline. Take this life hack today and know that if you go to God and you seek him in these ways, that God will give you exactly what you need to make your life more efficient and more effective than it can ever be doing it on your own. <clears throat> Maybe you had it all worked out. <laughs> this, is it. this is the big one. Look. Maybe you felt like you had a lot of things worked out in your life and you knew exactly what you needed to do. Maybe, maybe that's where you've been. Maybe it's hard to let go of that. You know, pride causes us to hang on to certain things or ways when we know it. In other words, it's all changing and, and we don't want to change with it. Pride will cause us to hold on to certain things when we need to just let go. Amen. Would you stand to your feet with me as I read this final scripture today? Hmm. close your eyes and let this sink in today just close your eyes right where you're at let this scripture sink into your hearts where it comes to streamlining your path receive this scripture it's a life hack it will make your life better the Bible says in Psalms 37 again but now verse 23 the Lord directs the steps of the godly he delights in every in every detail of their lives in some things, no, God delights in every single detail of your life. There's nothing in your life that God's not concerned with. He's concerned with every aspect of your life. I often quote the scripture that he knows the count of the hairs on our head. How detailed is that? For me and Chuck and some others, that's not a lot of work for God. But the point is this. That if you were to just take this room, I don't even know that you could count up the amount of hairs on people's head in this room. If we physically tried to do that as human beings, could we do it in here today? It'd be, I don't know, you might have to shave your head and then count them individually. And then we'd all look the same. Point being is God is concerned with every single detail of your life. What are the details of the day that you've been concerned whether or not God is concerned with that detail of your life? And I want you to know he is every single detail so here's what I want you to do today would you lift your hands to heaven and offer up to him the details that you've been concerned about whether he is concerned about you in that area he is so today give it to him heavenly father we know that you are concerned for every detail in our life so God rather than hanging on to those things Lord, rather than trying to do it the same way we've always done it, Lord, we're passing that on to you. Lord, we're functioning right now by our design. You designed us to come to you, to seek your help, to pray, to ask you, Father, to work in our lives by your grace and by your mercy and by your love. And then, Lord, all you require of us is obedience. And when we know those things, that we'd simply be obedient to them. So whatever those areas are, the details, Father, of every individual in this room today, those details, Father, that are offered up to you, I pray, God, that they would be given over to you. That, Lord, we're putting you first. We're recognizing that you are the author and finisher. You're the one that can help work out the details for this. We pass those to you, and, Lord, we ask for your grace to descend, your favor, 
to descend upon those situations and those uh, matters in our life, Father, so that we can see your miracle working power, so that we, God, can see you working by your spirit in our life, manifesting your blessing and your best, Father. (laughs) Our desires, Lord, according to your will. So, Father, we love you with all our hearts this morning. We make that confession. We love you with all our hearts, God. That, Lord, you are our desire. And that as we put you first, God, we ask that you will give us the desires of your heart because we delight in all that you are in our lives. And all that you are, Father, throughout the universe, you are above and we are beneath. But, Lord, the word also declares that you're in us, Lord, and working through us. And that it is in you, Lord, that we live and we move and we have our being. So today, God, we yield to you our lives so that your life can be manifest in us. In Jesus' mighty and precious name. And everybody said amen Amen and amen. Hey, God bless you. Enjoy uh, your memorial weekend. No more fear.